0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thankful for the move of God. I'm thankful for His presence, His Spirit that we feel. Let's hold on to that. Can we do that for the next few moments? Let's hold on to what we feel. I believe that God. I believe that God is gonna speak in the next few minutes. Turn into your Bibles to Acts 16 and verse 25. Thankful for the word of God that we've heard already today. I was just thinking a while ago, maybe I should have went first. (laughs) Brother Rayleigh always brings the word and what great insight he has and we're thankful for that. Bible says in Acts 16 and 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. In verse 30, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And so this, this morning, I, just, I hope that I'm going to only speak for a few minutes. But I want to speak from this subject, and you can call it really what you want to, praise him anyhow, praise him anyway, praise him all the day. Whether I'm sick or whether I'm well, I'm going to praise him anyhow. I'm going to praise him anyhow. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we love you today, God, and we thank you for the privilege and the honor, God, that you have given us to be in this place We thank you, Lord, for the spirit that we feel, God, and we thank you for the word that we have already heard. We're asking you in Jesus' name to anoint our minds, God, to receive your word again. Help us to uh, open our hearts and our minds to everything that you would have to say in the next few moments, and we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Could you say amen? You may be seated. We're going to start a little bit slow, but we're going to speed up in a few minutes, so please hang in with me. The life of a human being is not arbitrary, it's not random, and it is not insignificant. Now, what I mean by that is that I don't believe, I do believe that there is a reason and a purpose for everything under heaven, everything we go through, everything that we experience, Now, I don't believe that we as individuals have a predestined future. That's to say that we can live however we want to live and we can do whatever we want to do and everything is going to be all right in the end and we're all going to come out at the same place and at the same time. It's apparent to me that just as salvation can be obtained, salvation can also be forfeited. And what I mean by that is because we've all been given a privilege, that privilege is free will, and we've all been given the power of choice. You see, we can walk in the will of God just as easily as we can walk outside of the will of God. And we've been given the choice to do either one of them. And so while I don't believe that an individual has a predestined, predetermined future, I do believe that every human being that is born has something in common, and that is purpose. I believe that every man, every woman, every child that is born into this earth is born with a purpose and for a purpose, but the individual will determine whether they walk in that purpose or outside of that. You see, every person is going to come to an intersection of choice, They were going to have an opportunity to make a choice. Now I understand that I am predominantly speaking to men and women that have already made that choice. You've made a choice to live for God. You've made a choice to fulfill that purpose in your life. To walk with him, to hear his voice, to obey his word, and to do his will. So while I don't believe that as individuals we're born with a predestined future... I do do believe that there is one thing that was born with a predestined future and that's the church of the living God. You see, I believe that it's destined for greatness and I do believe that it is destined for absolute salvation. You see, Jesus Christ purposed to purchase this church with his own blood. That's how much it meant to him and like a groom that comes for his bride, he will return one day to carry that church that he purchased He had this plan from the very beginning, from the very foundation of the world. Therefore, the church has a divine destiny, a divine appointment. It's already settled. You and I have been given the opportunity now to enter in to this. We do that by repenting of our sins, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins, and then we are filled with the precious Holy Ghost. That's how we enter in But then we stay there by living a holy and separated life apart from the world and what everybody else is doing strictly in covenant with him. You see, we've got to be his bride. We've got to be unspotted and without reproach because the ultimate goal is to make it where he is. He said, behold, I prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be there also. And so the way we make it there is to live a life that is acceptable here So this is what the church, this is what we have been called to do and then proclaim. That is our purpose. And with that purpose comes responsibility. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's why Peter said in 1 Peter 2 and 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech ye as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles that Whereas they speak evil as you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. You see, this is our purpose and this is our responsibility. We are to come out from among the nations of the world. We are to come out and be apart from the mainstream philosophies and mindsets. And we are allowed to to allow God to lead us and guide us through this life. Then, as we live separated unto God, our lives will reflect the goodness of God. And when our speech is aligned with his word, this is what will influence people to do better. This is what will influence them and draw them out to do the same. Know this you never know who is watching you. You never know who is watching you. Know that someone is watching you all the time. You never know who is listening to you. You never know who's in earshot. But know that there is always someone listening to you and within earshot. You see, your life, my life, and the way that we are living it right now at this very moment is most definitely affecting and influencing someone, whether that be positively Or whether that be negatively. And so what do you have today that has anything to do with Paul and Silas? Is that what you're asking? I'm glad you asked because now I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Acts chapter 16, we find Paul on his second missionary journey. He's traveling through Asia with his companion Silas and they are thrust into prison. Accused and subsequently convicted of casting an evil spirit out of a young lady. This is quite lengthy, but just bear with me. Bible says, "...and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation." And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them unto the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates writ off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes on them and cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. This young woman, she followed them incessantly taunting and bringing attention to them until Paul had enough. Some would say, cavalier, that this is where Paul messed up. Or did he? He cast the evil spirit out of her and simultaneously ruined business for the enemy. Suddenly, now, seemingly without notice, they stand accused, convicted, and imprisoned. If there's anything that the devil hates, it's the name. If there's anything that he doesn't like, it's the people with the name. You see, his goal is to silence the people with the name and with the message. In this instance, the enemy thought he knew what he was doing. Can I just tell you today that working for God and doing the business of God will absolutely garner attention. It will get the attention of all kinds of people and all kinds of things. Doing his will will most definitely attract attention from all sides. If we set out to do anything for God, it will get the attention of the enemy. It's an inevitable fact. The devil fights anyone who is attempting to live and work for the Lord, whether that's music ministry, whether that's witnessing Whether that's testifying, preaching, teaching, evangelizing, praying, prophesying, you can fill in the blank. The devil resists anything that has to do with getting the message out and the gospel proclaimed. There's a reason for that. He knows that it has the power to change. He he knows that it has the power to bring his kingdom crumbling down. He knows that it has the power to change our lives and the lives of the people that we come in contact with. And he doesn't want it to. It's just that simple. His goal is to stop it, silence it, and even kill it. Now, it's not my intention today to bring any kind of fear or frighten or dismay or any inhibitation to anyone. But this is a real fact. That's why Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Living for God is not for the faint of heart. It's work, and in most cases, it's war. And having that name applied to your life will, in fact, bring attention to you. It's just that simple. And so now we find Paul and Silas in the inner prison. They lay in a damp, dark hole. They're bloody, and they're beaten. Their hands are bound. Their feet are fast in the stocks. Their backs are still wet from the blood that has been brought to the surface as stripes were laid upon them. And there is no doubt that the pain is intense and there is absolutely no doubt that the night is dark. They are far from a place of pleasure and they are far from a place of being comfortable. They have entered into a season of absolute physical and mental pain and agony. Now if anyone, anyone had good reason to be bitter and to be angry, it would be these two men. They were in the inmost part of the prison. If I can put it in our term today, they were under the jail in the darkest part of the night, yet they did not disparage their position. It would have been easy for them at this point to be discouraged and disillusioned. After all, they live for God They have made a choice in their life to fulfill the purpose of His call in their life. They have made a choice to do everything that He has asked them to do. And by any human reasoning, this would seem as though that would be a rational thought to say, I don't deserve this. So they lay bloody. They lay beaten. They lay uncertain of any outcome that would come in the morning. But the Bible says... At midnight, they prayed and sang praises to God anyway. Through their pray, through their prayers, through their praise came an earthquake, and the prison bars were loosed, their bands were loosed, and all the doors were open. But this did not only affect Paul and Silas. You see, it affected all the other prisoners as well, and they were freed. In their deepest, darkest situation, they found enough strength to praise God and it led to their salvation and the salvation of others, including the man that was charged to keep them in the first place. Can I tell you today, you have absolutely no idea what can happen when you give God praise right in the middle of your own circumstances. In the deepest, darkest, most inner part of your problem, if you can let your light so shine before men, you have no idea what God can do through that. It will not only bring you freedom, but it has the potential to bring others freedom as well. Something powerful is, is, is released when we give the Lord our praise even in the midst of our hurt and even in the midst of our pain. You see, the Lord is attracted to pure worship. He's attracted to pure praise and pure prayer. When you let your praise out even though you're hurting, that's pure worship. And God will not hear me. He will not turn a deaf ear to it. He really does inhabit the praises of his people. He will show up and he will show his power. And then when other people see that you could be angry and that you could be bitter, yet you praise God anyway, it will have no choice but to give them freedom to praise in their own life. I refuse to let life affect the way I give my God praise. I refuse to let the enemy come in like a flood and keep me from opening my mouth to God. No matter what, no matter what, I'm going to give him every praise that he's worthy of. I'm going to lift up my voice and I'm going to give him the praise no matter the situation. I'm going to let the hallelujahs roll even at midnight. I'm going to sing my song because one fact remains. It's inevitable and it's you can't get away from it. We will all have night seasons. Sometimes multiple ones. And we will all have the opportunity to sing our song. Charles Spurgeon once said, And many a night do we have. Nights of sorrow, nights of persecution, nights of doubt, nights of bewilderment, nights of anxiety, nights of oppression, nights of ignorance, nights of all kinds which press upon our spirits and terrify our souls. But blessed be God, the Christian man can say, My God giveth me songs in the night. What was he saying? All these things are just opportunity to give God praise anyway. All these things that happen to me are just another opportunity for me to give him everything that he's worthy of. And he will show up and he will give me the song to sing. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that the youth is renewed like the eagles. Let me tell you something today. You already know this, but let me just reiterate. The Psalms were not necessarily written from places of comfort or from a crystal cathedral. Many times they were written from places of pain on the backside of the desert. But David said anyway, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. His praise shall continually be in my mouth whether I'm high on the mountain or I'm on the lowest valley whether I'm sitting in the chiefest seats or whether I'm in sackcloth and in ashes and gains and losses it doesn't matter his praise shall continually be in my mouth and my love for him will not change Joseph was a man of like passions as of we he was no stranger to hardship he was no stranger to setbacks he was sold into slavery by his own brothers he was an innocent man Accused of a crime that he did not commit, placed somewhere that he did not belong. But it was his attitude and it was his servitude that elevated him into positions of influence wherever he was. It was his willingness to continue to give God glory through everything that he encountered that caused him to say these words. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save many people alive. And that's what it all boils down to today. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance that we find ourselves in, whether we're in the palace or whether we're in the darkest dungeon within the prison, we cannot forget and we cannot forfeit the calling and the responsibility that is on our lives there are people counting on me and there are people counting on you to show forth your praise to him right where you are no matter your lot in life no matter your economic position whether you're healthy or whether you're not there's a baker and there's a butler that needs your guidance there's a Philippian jailer that needs to hear the gospel and there's a nation that needs your influence Our children need to see that we're able to handle things right the right way. Our children need to see that we handle situations rightly. They need to see us with our hands lifted to heaven and our mouths open and tears running down our face, praising God even though the doctor's note came in with a bad situation. Even though we don't have a next meal to eat, they need to see us with our hands lifted in the house of God, giving Him praise anyway. Our attitude and our posture towards God will, in no uncertain terms, affect lives around us. Wherever we find ourselves, we never forget, never ever forget that we have a purpose. And it's interesting to me to note this, that Paul and Silas were on their way to the temple to pray. And suddenly they were diverted. But they ended up doing what they intended to do in the first place the only thing that changed was the venue and just as suddenly as the hardship came so was the deliverance when they chose to give God praise through it they thought they were going to praise and pray in the temple but they ended up doing it in the prison we can always we can't always choose our surroundings <laughs> but we can choose what we do in those surroundings we can't always choose the situations that befall us but we can choose what we, what we do in those situations and how we react to them. I would like to go to the temple and I would like to go praise and pray there because it's more comfortable. I would certainly like to be able to be in a position of being comfortable because it's certainly more comfortable to live for God when all things are going right in your life. It's easier to give God praise and give God everything we have when everything is going your way and there are no problems. But unfortunately, it just doesn't work out that way. But I'm not going to let my surroundings dictate to me how I give God praise. I'm not going to let everything that happens to me dictate to me how I I lift my voice and give Him praise. You see, I may get diverted, but I'm going to purpose to give Him every praise anyway. I'm going to praise him anyhow. I'm going to sing my song no matter the hour no matter the situation and no matter my surroundings I'm going to praise him. He's been too good for me. He's been good to me Can we lift our hands right now and just do that? Can we thank him for his goodness and his mercy? God you've been good to us Lord We don't owe you anything less than everything we have God. We give you praise. We give you glory Coming to a close, if our musicians will make their way to the platform. A man by the name of Horatio Spafford, he lived from 1828 to 1888. He was a wealthy Chicago lawyer with a thriving legal practice. He had a beautiful home, a wife, Four daughters and a son. He was also a devout Christian and faithful student of the scriptures. Circle of friends included many well-prominent known men of their day. The very height of his financial and professional success, Horatio and his wife Anna suffered the tragic loss of their young son. Shortly thereafter, on October the 8th, 1871, the great Chicago fire destroyed almost every real estate investment that he had. His business interests were further hit by the economic downturn of 1873, at which time he had planned to travel to Europe with his friend and with his family. But in a late change of plan, he sent his family ahead while he was delayed on business concerning zoning problems following that great fire. While crossing the Atlantic, the ship sank rapidly after collision with a sea vessel, and all four of his daughters died. His wife, Anna, survived and sent him the now famous telegram, Saved Alone. Shortly thereafter, as Spafford traveled to meet his grieving wife, he was inspired to write these words as his ship passed near where his daughters had died. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. For me, be it Christ, be it Christ hence to live. If Jordan above me shall roll, no pain shall be mine. For in death, as in life, thou wilt whisper thy peace to my soul. But Lord, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trump of the Lord, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope. Blessed rest of my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The, tr- the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. There will be seasons in our lives that we will have to go through. I've only lived a short 35 years on this earth, and I have not experienced everything, but I'm sure before it's over with, I will experience a whole lot more. But in these last few years, I've come to know a few things. I know what it's like to wonder. I know what it feels like to worry. I know what it's like to have doubt and to have fear. I know what it's like to question the outcome of situations and ponder causes to other circumstances. We had a missionary that visited just a few weeks ago that spoke on this very thing and perhaps that was what was inspiration for this particular message. But God has been dealing with me over the past few weeks. But she spoke with such such anointing in her voice and she spoke about all the things that had befallen her and how she stood and questioned God as to why. But then, as she came in contact with someone else, quickly realized that it wasn't for her benefit that she went through what she went through. It was because she needed something in her life to help someone else out of a situation that they were in. I have come to know that whatever happens, it will, it will come out in the end that it has happened for a reason. And many times it's not necessarily for your benefit. And like the song, while it ministered and gave release to the writer, furthermore, it gave birth to something that would affect the lives of countless people presently and beyond. You see, it was the circumstance of the life that birthed it to minister. To the listener, to the hearer. We read it before, we read it again in Acts 16 and 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Sometimes the most beautiful words, the most beautiful sounds come from places of hurt and from places of pain. You see, it's the experience that you have now that will help someone in the future out of their situation. Now, I'm not ignorant to the fact that there are many needs in this house right presently here that are represented among us, nor am I arrogant enough to capitalize on them for the sake of a sermon. I'm not here to intentionally minimize or downplay anything that anybody may be going through. But I'm here to say this today. I believe that the Lord has spoken. I can say this there is power in your praise. There is power in your prayer. No matter where you are and no matter where you find yourself today, there is power in you releasing and giving everything to God and praising Him for who He is. There is deliverance in your praise, and there is freedom. And you giving everything to him. If you can get your mind off of what is wrong. And get your mind on what is right. God will show up. And he will display his power. You see if you've been washed in the blood. And you've been filled with his spirit. You've been given something that cannot be stopped. It cannot be hindered. And it cannot be silenced. Unless you allow it to. The enemy only thought he knew what he was doing. When he struck you, when he attempted to silence you, he thought that he knew what he was doing. But all he did was create another opportunity, another venue for you to give God praise and show forth your praise and let his miraculous power work in you and through you. You see, we're all going to experience hardships. We're all going to experience setbacks, whether they be losses, sicknesses, disease, financial straits, railing accusations. Seasons of doubt are actual, literal prison bars. But there is something very, very important at stake during these these seasons. You see, these two men could have kept silent. They could have been bitter. And they could have been angry. And they could have bemoaned their situation. Allowing the enemy's attempt to silence them work. But they simply didn't. (laughs) Their feet were bound... Their hands were tied, but there's one thing the enemy cannot get from you, and that's your praise. He cannot get from you what you don't give him. He may be able to divert you. He can't get your praise unless you relinquish it to him. Now, I know that we don't pray, and I know that we don't praise God openly to be seen and heard of men, but I already said it before. We don't pray to be heard, but it doesn't hurt to be praying to be heard praying, to be seen with tears flowing down our face, glorifying God even in the midst of our situation. You see, what it all boils down to is this. People are counting on you and people are counting on me to rise up in hard times and show forth our praise. We've been called apart, set apart. We've been called to come out and show the praises of him to them. And God is looking for those men and women to stand up and to stand out and as we stand together today I end with this your world may seem as it is crumbling down around you I say to you sing you may have more questions than answers sing you may be bound confused beaten and abused but sing anyway (laughs) lift up your voice to the one who can make a difference in your life and the lives of the people around you because it's during these times right now it's during these times that God will give us the song to sing and then the power to sing it and then when we do all we have to do is just step back And watch his miraculous power begin to work in our lives. Can we lift our hands right now and our voices to heaven? And can we begin to just give him the praise that he's worthy of today? We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These altars are open. Please, please don't leave without talking to God. Please don't leave without giving Him everything that you have today. Today would be a great time to just relinquish everything to Him and allow Him to work in your life. Would you just lift your voice right now? Let's give Him praise. Let's give Him praise. Let's give Him praise.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.